0: The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. This is a special report and commentary on what happened in Charlottesville, Virginia this weekend. I'm Buzz Burbank. What was to have been the biggest gathering of Nazis, Ku Klux Klansmen, white nationalists, and other so-called alt-righters went as you might have expected in Charlottesville, Virginia on Saturday, August 12th some were there carrying weapons and wearing protective gear. And hours before their legally permitted march was to begin, shouting erupted between the racists who had converged upon that small, mostly black town and counter-protesters of all colors who'd shown up to let the white power crowd know they are not welcome in Charlottesville. The fighting turned into name-calling, then shoving and fisticuffs which prompted the city to revoke the parade permit it had granted and for the governor of Virginia to call up that state's National Guard troops to help police restore order and send everyone home. But after the park near a disputed Robert E. Lee statue had been cleared of Nazis and Klansmen and those who opposed them, a man on the side of hate drove his Dodge Challenger into a crowd of counter-protesters, injured at least 19 people, and killed at least one a 32-year-old white woman named Heather Heyer. Bodies had been flung into the air, and five of the injured were in critical condition. The driver threw the car into reverse and sped away. Police caught up with him later, arresting 20-year-old James Fields and jailing him on suspicion of second-degree murder, malicious wounding, and failure to stop after a deadly crash. He had been one of the so-called alt-right protesters, ordered by police to go home. He did this instead. Elsewhere, at least 15 people had been injured in the street brawling. Two Virginia state troopers tasked with monitoring the trouble from a helicopter for hours died in a chopper crash, bringing the death toll to three. These were the results of the biggest gathering of racists in decades, and it was an ominous sight. Former KKK imperial wizard David Duke said his people were there to, quote, fulfill the promises of Donald Trump to take our country back. Big as it was, a single gathering of hate mongers does not characterize America or Americans. But our response, or lack of response, to it speaks volumes. A nation turns to its leader at times like these, when it has a leader. From his golfing vacation, Donald Trump remained silent for hours and spoke only when compelled to do so. He gave the perfunctory plea for unity among Americans of all races, creeds, and colors. But he failed to call out the racists. He again passed on an opportunity to condemn the Klan that supports him, the neo-Nazis, the white nationalists, and the so-called alt-righters, who are also among his top advisors, Steve Bannon, the best-known example. In his remarks, Trump blamed, quote, hatred, bigotry, and violence on all sides. All sides? Was the president saying that being a Nazi or a Klansman is a legitimate side the mayor of Charlottesville puts the blame directly on Trump, saying, I do hope he looks in the mirror and thinks deeply about who he consorted with during his campaign. But that is not what is seen in the mirror of the man who gets twice daily briefings on reasons to be cheerful about himself and his presidency. Twice a day, Trump gets positive reinforcement through photographs and tweets and articles that flatter him, gets them in a folder, he skips many of the intelligence briefings but he insists on those twice daily flattery reports at 9 a.m. and 4:30 p.m. So Trump likely does not see his true self in the mirror. It wasn't until late Saturday night that his justice department announced it'll have the FBI, the local US attorney and its own civil rights division investigate what appears to be another racially motivated murder. In the name of free speech, the Justice Department Civil Rights Division, a target of deep cuts by Attorney General Jeff Sessions, who said he once passed on a chance to join the KKK when he found out some of them smoke weed, promised a law and order crackdown. National Security Advisor H.R. McMaster did call the car attack a form of terrorism. Of course it was terrorism, said McMaster. Certainly, he said. McMaster said the president meant to condemn the racists, I think that was clear, said McMaster, in his mind. It is also fair to blame the media, especially the usual 24-7 news channels, for creating a run-up to this racist march and then for covering it like a live sporting event. Once it finally happened, then they had to report it, of course. Before, during, and after the Charlottesville Hate March, its organizers and enthusiastic participants argued for their constitutionally guaranteed rights to free speech and free assembly. I wasn't in the mood to hear their complaining, at a time like this especially, so I posted on Twitter and simultaneously Facebook the following, Hatred is a disease, not an opinion, and it should not be given voice. How terribly sad, I wrote, that its voice has grown stronger. I was implying, perhaps to my own surprise, that free speech be denied to certain groups. Or was I? A number of my social media friends thought perhaps I'd lost my passion for free speech keenly developed in years of journalism and even entertainment censorship battles. I have not lost that passion. I have lost my patience with those who've already said what they have to say when saying it again results in the death of a young woman, two cops, and blood shed by others. Our rights to free speech and free assembly have, and always have, come with asterisks. You may not incite violence. You may not threaten or intimidate. But this rally wasn't about free speech. It was about intimidating a minority community. It was a threat. It led to woundings and deaths real-time. And if allowed, it will happen again, and perhaps again." They have exercised their free speech rights, and we have seen the results. They have abused their rights by threatening public safety. It's time to stop granting permits for the promotion of hatred. It's time to stop listening to Nazis whine about free speech. It's time to stop covering their events, at least until they become news, because reporting it beforehand certainly did nothing to prevent it. If not now, at what point would we try to stop the Nazis when they become even more socially acceptable, when it becomes more okay to be a Klansman, when white supremacy becomes a viable political party, when the Klan goes back to staging hangings? When would be a good time to stand up to the Nazis and the Klan? It is one thing to protect opinions and the expression of them. It is another to allow the spreading of a disease that causes immediate tangible death and bloodshed. I continue to believe in and exercise free speech, and I know its consequences. And I don't think anyone's dead because of something I've said or written. I don't think. That's the difference between protected speech and speech that is not protected because of its clear and present public harm. Ask the grieving families in Charlottesville. Racists have felt more free to speak lately Having to take responsibility for what they'd said in a world that wasn't having it at least kept them civil for a decade or two. But it's suddenly okay to promote hatred because the man at the top is, as always, giving the white nationalists a pass. The cancer on the presidency metastasized yesterday into Charlottesville, Virginia. I'm Buzz Burbank. Thank you for listening. Join me Thursday for a complete news and comment. The preceding presentation was brought to you by... The Realm Network.